0: Take your Bibles out and turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew this morning. Um, For many years, I, I already mentioned once this morning, we have prayed for the Spirit of God to be poured out in all of the churches in the Central Virginia area. In fact, we prayed for that for many years before we even planted this church here. And going on 15 years, we've been here praying that same prayer. Um... And we want God to do supernatural things, those big, special, anointed times when he pours his spirit out. Uh, But I've also tried to, for many years, emphasize how important small things are, little things. They're extremely important. The gifts that you have, and I've stressed to you many times that each and every person here has a gift from God. We have motivational gifts that's what makes you tick. Every person has that. It's God-given. We have uh, manifestation gifts. Sometimes God, by the Holy Spirit, will manifest just like this morning, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. And that manifests as the Spirit wills through who, whomever he chooses. And then we have the five-fold ministry gifts, but there are no big gifts and little gifts. All the gifts are important. And all the things that you're called to do are important. Just, for example, I've mentioned many times, God may have just called you to be a godly husband, a godly father, or a godly mother, or a godly wife, or a godly brother or sister. And he never asked you to do anything other than just be faithful to that. And that's important. There isn't any big calling or small calling. They're all important. And, and the Lord reminded me of that this week, or about three weeks ago, actually, I was praying about... God pouring out his spirit. And uh, the Lord reminded me, I was actually out here in the the new area. I was working and I was just praying over the church. I was like, God, we want to see your spirit poured out and let your glory fall. And this is what I heard the Lord speak into my heart. Small things are monumental things. Small things are monumental things. And so with that in mind, uh, I wanted to bring a message this morning that I have entitled The Extraordinary Ordinary. If you found your place in Matthew chapter 7, I want you to read with me. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Father, we know that you have a word that is a now word for us today. And Father, I pray that you help us to have open hearts, God, to have a a pure heart, a, a humble attitude, Lord, a heart that's willing to receive what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And God, that we will do just as you shared through Brother Noel this morning, God, we will not take the magnifying glass out and look at each other, but Lord, we will look at our own heart. And Father, we will allow you to develop and minister to us individually. And God, the things that we learn from you, Lord, may we take them to heart, oh God, and apply them to our life, Lord, so that we can be grounded in you, oh God, and that our, our, our foundation can be built firmly on the rock, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. What I want to start out with this morning is we need to understand that most of our life is built on just ordinary things. The things we go through every day. And they're, in our mind, small things. Just ordinary things that we do. And people by nature see small things as insignificant. And the big things as really, really important. They're kind of like the two Texans. They were trying to impress each other with the size of their ranches. One of them asked the other, What's the name of your ranch? He replied, the name of my ranch is the Rockin' R, A, B, C, Flying W, Circle, C, Bar, U, Staple, 4 Box D, Rolling M, Rainbows N Silver Spur Ranch. (laughs) Woo! The other guy said, That is some name. He said, How many cattle do you run? The rancher answered, said, not many. Very few of them can stand the branding. (laughs) Church bigger is not always better. (laughs) And just because someone appears to do it bigger or better, they prophesy, they cast out devils, they do wondrous things, doesn't mean that it's always going to work out cause small things are monumental things. Small things are important things. It's kind of like in a nursing home at Thanksgiving, the small resident population was gathered around a humble Thanksgiving table. The director asked each of them in turn to express one thing for which they were thankful. Thanks were expressed for home, which they could stay in, families, etc. One little old lady in her turn said, I thank the Lord for two perfectly good teeth. One in my upper jaw and one in my lower jaw that match so that I can chew my food. Now, that may not seem all that important to some people, but it was important to her. Because sometimes you don't realize how important small things are until you don't have them anymore. Most people's life is built on the ordinary small things. Each and every one of us, we typically live a ordinary routine life. You get up every morning, you wake up and you you stretch, you know, get up out of the bed, put your teeth in. (laughs) Maybe you read your Bible, fix your coffee breakfast ready. And then you get dressed for work out the door. You go, you drive the same route to work every day. You get to work, you enter the same door about the same time, go to your same station, see the same people, do the same job, leave about the same time, drive the same way back home. You get home, piddle around a little bit with this or that sit down in your easy chair. Maybe you read, watch the news, Get up, eat supper, take a bath, take your teeth out, put them back on the nightstand and go to sleep so you can get up and do the same thing the next day. Then you get to the end of the week, catch up on Saturday on all the things you didn't have time to do through the week. Maybe you accept an invitation to go somewhere, spend a little time with the family. Sunday rolls around, you get up, go to church. Maybe you go out with somebody and eat after church go home and relax or visit some family. Then you get ready for Monday to start it all over again. (laughs) And you do that week after week after week. Now that may not describe your life exactly, but it's probably something very similar to that. These are just ordinary things because it's the ordinary things that make up the biggest part of our life. And we don't really see them as special. We don't see them as memorable or very important. We would prefer the special moments, those planned moments, the days that you say, I'm going to take this day and I don't have a thing that I have to answer for, a thing I have to do. This is a me day. I mean, even God had me days, right? On the seventh day, God took a me day. He rested. Jesus would get up on the mountain and have a me day. There's nothing wrong with a me day. Amen. I mean, we look forward to me days, right? When you get to do just what you want to do, maybe you're going to sit around and read a book today. Or ladies, you're going to go shopping. Or guys, you're going to go fishing or work on a project or golf or just veg out. But just something that makes that day special. It's a planned moment. We look forward to those vacations and trips to do something really we really enjoy or to see someone special. We don't really love the ordinary. We love the Those planned, special moments. And we see them as special. And then we also have what I call the suddenlies. The suddenlies are special, unexpected things. They're not planned things. They just happen. Maybe somebody just surprises you that you'd love to see, and they come by to visit you. And so you get some quality time with somebody you really would like to spend some time with. Or maybe somebody does something unexpected as an act of service for you. They do something, go out of their way to help you out. Or maybe they give you some unexpected gift. I had a guy call me up one day and he said, me and my brother had something that my grandfather left me and neither one of us need it. We want you to have it. And he brought that thing to me and gave it to me. And I want you to know that was huge. It was special. I will cherish this the rest of my life. And when I die, I'm going to pass it down to my children and they know its history. They will cherish that. It happened to be about a, a, a Belgium made Browning shotgun. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, how many of you know what I'm talking about guys? Would that be something like, yeah, that was an, uh, that was a suddenly, it was an unexpected unplanned thing that was really big. It was special. Or maybe somebody just honors you in some way, gives you words of affirmation or somebody just comes and gives you a hug. But there's something. Sometimes we have those planned moments. They're really special. Or we have those suddenlies and they're really special. Special times, whether they're planned or unexpected, they're memorable, and we see them as very important. We live for those special things, and really, they're planted in our mind. We think that it is those special things that really enhances our life. that really makes a difference in our life. And honestly, we wish that we had more and more and more and more special times. Wouldn't you rather go on vacation than go to work? (laughs) All right? right. (laughs) Wouldn't you rather have a me day than have a day that you had to give to the boss? We we look forward to that. Now, in the natural, no doubt, those things are the icing on the cake. We live for those special moments more than we do for the ordinary. In fact, when we're on the job a lot of time, our conversation is not about work. It's not. We're usually talking about our favorite activity. I mean, who wants to talk about work? Right? You want to talk about your fishing trip that you took last week. Or the fishing trip you're going to be taking on the weekend. Or sports. Or the trip to some special place. Or spending time with your honey. Or something that's more important to you than work. But you know what? I was thinking about that. If I were your employer and all you're thinking and talking about is the weekend or last week or your trip to Cancun or whatever you do. Would that be fair to me as an employer? Right. I mean, the ordinary, mundane, everyday thing should be important to you because it's not fair to me, your employer. And so uh, sometimes we don't see those ordinary things as very important. We want to talk about and think about all of those things that were special things. And we think that's what enhances our life. And the ordinary is just things that's just necessary. They're just things we have to do. Right? But if we went on vacation all the time, I don't think you would be living in your house right now. You probably wouldn't have food in your refrigerator right now. So ordinary things are really quite important. Because they're really what builds our life more than those special things. Now, let's look at this in the spirit realm. We don't see the week after week, ordinary things as important. We see special things as the moments that we live for, even in the spirit realm. And I'm over here praying. I'm like, God, pour out your spirit, Lord. I I remember all the times that we have had just a supernatural presence. You poured out your spirit, man. I mean, brother, that's the icing on the cake. You know, I love, we love those things. I remember when we had the prayer tunnel, we've had that twice in 15 years. God said, don't preach this morning, have a prayer tunnel. We lined up all the leadership and everybody came through and man, we were three o'clock in the evening getting out of here. And I'm telling you, brother, the power of God just fell and people were prophesying and words of knowledge and things being broken off. It was powerful. How many of you are here and remember the prayer tunnel? See, those are those special things that we look at as really, really big and important. When Jan Altridge came and brought the word and, man, she's given personal prophecy. I used to think that was the biggest hoke. I, when we were in Bible college, I would see the prophets come in. They would invite prophets in and they would preach and they would start prophesying over people. And I think, man, I don't, I just don't know about that. And then I went out to eat with one one day and we're in another town where he didn't know anybody He's prophesying over people like he would usually do in the service. And Jeannie and I were with him and his his wife. We stopped at Shoney's to eat. And here comes the waitress over there to take our order. He looks up at her and says, the Lord says that he will be getting out soon. And God wants to restore your relationship. That's all he said to this total stranger. And this woman just busted out crying and had to sit down in the booth behind us. And I'm sitting there looking at this thinking, my Lord, what was that? Come find out her husband was incarcerated and God was letting her know he's going to be getting out soon and God wants to heal that relationship. How did he know that? And so I look at those moments. I'm like, whoa, those are important. Those are big, special moments. You know, when, and, and we've had those. When Brother John Lazarus came and he ministered and he prayed for people. And I remember this one guy said, man, when that man touched me, it felt like a mule kicked me. <laughs> special moments. We had, a, we had a group come in from South Africa. We invited them in. Couldn't get them on a Sunday. We got them on a Saturday night. Had a special meeting. They came in, and I'm telling you, boy, the presence of God came in this place. And they started, they had this big gourd with beads on it, and they were shaking that thing, man. They were worshiping God. And this lady got up and went to her leader and says, I have, an, I have a word from God for this church. Shared it with her, and he said, go tell the pastor. She came up and told me, and I gave her the microphone. God had sent them here to break the curse on this ground. You remember that? Yeah. This used to be a black elementary school. It's a church now. And it was cursed. It was an icon that said, this people is not fit to be with this people. And God sent African black people here yeah. to break the curse on right. this ground. It was powerful. Amen. Man, we live for those moments. I'm here working one day and a car pulls up in the driveway and broke down right there in the driveway. I get out and it's a black lady and three Mexicans couldn't speak a word of English. And they come in uh, and she's telling me, she said, we're trying to get to Goodsland. Where are we? And I was like, you turned the wrong way, honey. You're supposed to go the other way. Come to find out she was from the Pentecostal Holy Church in Richmond. All three of those Mexican men were fasting that day because I kept trying to give them something to eat. And they was like, no, no. And they couldn't speak English. And I said, we had had a dinner, had fried chicken left over. I'm like, what Christian don't like fried chicken? <laughs> I kept on. I said, no, we got plenty. And it's like, oh. finally, she said, they're fasting today. And they went through this building, laying their hands on the wall, yes. praying in the spirit, yes. I guess, or Spanish or something. I don't know. But that is, it was one of those just powerful moments. Yeah. Mike and I are working out here and a truck pulls up with ladders on the rack out there and sits in the parking lot, he sits there and sits there. People do that all the time. Finally, a guy comes in. He was on his way home from work going to Farmville. You don't come by this church on the way from Farmville, from Richmond. He said he's going up the interstate and God said, turn here and go and pray for that church. He comes up, pulls up in the driveway and starts praying for our church. Comes in, he's an evangelist, has a huge evangelistic ministry in the F- Assembly of God Church in Farmville. He said, God sent me here to pray for evangelism in this church. Yeah. He said, you have evangelists in your church? All- I said, I've been praying for evangelists in our church. He said, they're already here. All you got to do is stir up the gift that's in them. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. We live for those moments. Come on, Holy Ghost. Last Sunday, I was through preaching. Uh-huh. I was getting ready to dismiss you. And God moved on Noel to come up and says, I believe we need to call the elders forward to pray for people. The elders came up. I tried to pray for people, and there was absolutely nothing. I I had absolutely no anointing to pray for a single person. Finally, God just told me to step back and just watch what's going on, make sure it's decent and in order. I didn't pray for hardly anybody. But Brother Randy told me, he said, that was the most powerful thing I've ever experienced. The power of God was. How many of you know the power of God fell in here last week? And I'm like, yes, hallelujah, that's what we live for. But church, let me tell you something. That's not what builds your foundation. Those are great moments, but that is not what builds your foundation. These are special moments, but if we think that the house can only be built on those special moments, then you're wrong. You're wrong. Jesus said that we are like a house, and that house is either going to be built on a rock or it's going to be built on sand. And if our life is like a building and we think that it can only be a beautiful building, a beautiful structure, this beautiful edifice. If it's built on the big things. Then we're wrong. If it's only built on memorable things and critically important things, special things like that, like prophecy and casting out devils and doing wondrous things. You see what he's saying? Many people are going to say, I prophesied in your name. I've did the big, really special things for you, Lord. I've cast out devils in your name. I've did wondrous things in your name. He says, depart from me because I don't know you. And then he goes right from that into a house being built either on a rock or on sand. These are not two different things he's talking about. They are the same thing. Because if our view is that the house can only be built on those special, important things, then we don't see the importance of small, ordinary, everyday things, the things that we're really built on. Because if we don't do the ordinary things, the bills don't get paid. You don't have a house to live in. It is the ordinary things that really builds your life. It's getting up and going to work every day. You can't go on a vacation every day and expect to have any kind of a foundation. The foundation is built on ordinary things. So what reveals the real integrity, the truth, the beauty of our house? The question that we have to face is, is your house built on a rock or is it built on sand? And how do I answer that question? Are you ready for this? Look this way and listen. What do you do when the rain comes, when the floods come? When the winds blow and when your house gets shaken, what do you do? Do you fall or do you stand? That's the question. I don't care how much you prophesy. I don't care how many demons you throw out. I don't care what kind of wondrous things you've done. What do you do when the storms come? That's the real question. So when do storms come? When does the rain fall? When does the wind blow? When does my house get shaken? Can I tell you something? It doesn't happen in the special times. Brother, when you're under the spout where the glory pours out, there's nothing wrong. Everything's good. There's no wind blowing. There's no rain coming. There's no floods. This is good, man. We're living in dry, I mean, prosperous times then. That's not when you face the storms. We face the storms in the ordinary, small, everyday, week by week trials of life. It's not those Holy Ghost filled moments. It's when somebody forgot to appreciate what you do. It's when you see somebody else get promoted in the job that you wanted Mm -hmm. and you rejoice in their success. That's when you're building a foundation. It's when Saul is chasing you and he's a cruel corrupt demonic leader and you have the opportunity to stick a spear through him and you say I will not touch God's anointed. And you have the heart of David. It's when you see your father drunk and laying in his tent naked and you have the opportunity to show everybody what a drunk good for nothing naked daddy you have. Like Ham did. But instead, you act like Sham and Japheth and you take a blanket and you back in backwards so that you don't look upon his shame and you yes. cover his shame. Those small little things that we live through every day, when everybody else is getting together and they're going out to eat and you're left out of the group. Nobody invited you. When somebody was trying to make a joke and it came out wrong and you got your feelings hurt. Those are the times that your foundation is really built. What do you do then? That's what Noel was talking about. He was telling me, he said, we are the most offensive people I've ever seen. We get offended over everything. And if you get offended over every little thing and your house just crumbles apart, guess what? Your house is not built on a rock. It's built on shifting sand. And it doesn't matter how good you look. I prophesied in your name. I've cast out devils in your name. I've done wonders things. He's like, it doesn't matter. You have no foundation. Are you hearing me, church? Yeah. Small things are monumental things. They're important. Extraordinary, ordinary. What Jesus is pointing out here is it doesn't matter if your house looks good. Good. What does your foundation look like? That's what's important. He said in Mark chapter four, he's telling about the sower going out and sowing the seed. Remember that? He said, some of it falls by the wayside and the birds come and take it away. Some of it falls on thorny ground and the weeds grow up and choke it out. Some of it falls on stony ground and because it has no root, this comes up and the sun dries it up. Some of it falls on good ground. It grows and has fruit, 30, 40, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And later the disciples asked, he said, what was the meaning of that parable? He said, the seed, the sower that sows the seed are the angels. and The, word, the seed that they're sowing is the word of God. And when they sow it, a lot of times immediately Satan comes and takes it away. But some of it is sown on, on, on thorny ground. And it takes root and it grows. But the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches chokes it out. He said, but some of it falls on stony ground or hard hearts. And because it has no roots, when trials and tribulation come, it withers away. It doesn't have any foundation. So when somebody hurts your feelings or somebody offends you, you have no foundation. And so you crumble, you fall. But he says, some of it falls on good ground and it grows. Well, what makes it grow? A good root system. That's foundation. The thing about a foundation is it grows, or it's built where nobody sees it. See if I'm prophesying, I'm casting out devils, and I'm doing wonders and Oh, everybody sees that. They see this beautiful edifice. But if I'm building my foundation, it's dirty. I was digging a trench out here to get ready to put our gas lines in, and I had to run that trench. i use your trencher, by the way, Gary. Come in handy, brother. Man, I'm glad you bought that thing. I was trenching, and guy eased it up next to the foundation. I dug down. And all of a sudden, it started bouncing hitting something. And I raised up a little bit, and I come on down. I dropped it on down, and I got to shovel, and I got to digging, and there was the foundation of our church. Strong. We built that thing, man. We dug it out, and instead of putting half-inch rebar in, we put five-eighths rebar in that, baby. <laughs> built them big old cages. Instead of pouring a five-foot-by-five-foot five pillar, we poured it six-foot-by-six-foot. Six got them big hairpin things going out in the slab all tied into the wire. We built a good foundation. Yeah, come on. Nobody sees that. Yeah. So you're going out there now, it's starting to come together. Man, we're putting the ceiling tiles in, got those chandeliers hanging there, starting to look pretty. All of that would mean Nothing. If we didn't get that foundation, right? Yes, Are you hearing me church? Yes, say on, and I'm say digging on. through it. I've seen that foundation. Say it's got on. dirt all packed on it. Nobody even knows it's there. Yeah. Nobody even sees it. Yeah. Church, it's all the little things that you go through and you learn how to gl- I'm happy that you got promoted instead of me. So you left me out of the group. That's all right. I've got a friend that seeks to be closer than her brother. Jesus. His name is Jesus. I, I, I'd love to be included in the group, but I don't have to be. What's happening? My house didn't fall apart because you didn't ask me to go out and eat with you. Why? Because I'm not built on shifting sand. That's right. I don't get my feelings hurt over every little thing. I'm built, my house is being built on a rock. It's all of those. And we have to go through those ordinary things to, to learn how to overcome that. Yeah. But, but sometimes we just we want to grow up now. We want it fast, man. And don't get me wrong, I love those special moments. I love it when the anointing comes. And we do grow from those things. I mean, one touch from God, man, it can make a difference in your life forever. I'm not playing that down. That is huge stuff. You understand? But sometimes that's all we chase after. We want to be on vacation all the time. We want to run to this meeting and that meeting over there and over there. But we never stay somewhere and get committed and faithful and we go through the hard times. We show up when we don't feel like showing up. I get up out of the bed when I don't feel like going to work and go to work. Because it's important. The small things are monumental things. Well, the same thing is true in the spirit. There's a lot of times we don't feel like and want to do the things that we do in the spirit. But how many of you know those things are critically important because that's what really builds us. That's what puts food in our refrigerator, spiritually speaking. Heats the house, builds the house. It's built on those things. And church, I have seen this stuff all my life. I saw it in my dad's church. Almost 40 years of ministry since I've left home. I've seen in every ministry I've ever been. It's not just here. It's every ministry. People, they want it and they want it right now. They don't want to build that line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. I had this one lady in 1999 when we first built the church. God bless her. She loved the Lord. She was just excited and passionate about the things of God, but she just didn't understand. Had zero commitment to to ministry. It all had to be the casting out devils and prophesying and doing wondrous things. And she come to me, she's like, oh, you got to come to me to the Aston campground. I'm like, Dan, oh, they're down there praying. They got gold dust falling out of their hair. I'm like, really? Yeah, she was up there praying and she was praying for people and it was falling out on her shoulder. Gold dust, really? I'm like, yeah. I said, what's the purpose for that? That's Jesus demonstrating his love for us. I said, no, honey. No, Jesus demonstrated his love for us on a place called Golgotha 2,000 years ago. He doesn't have to prove a thing to me. He's already proved it. The gold dust turned out to be glitter, which I kind of, I wasn't going to run after that. But some people, they're, they're chasing gold dust and gold fillings in their teeth and stuff all over the place. But ask them to do something this, this mundane and, and it's ordinary week after week after month after year and it's get some com- commitment. No. no, that's not special. That's not important. And, and I've seen this stuff for years. Building a firm foundation only comes through the testing, the rain, the flood, the wind, and the beating of the house. That's the only way that it's going to, you're going to build that firm foundation. It doesn't matter how fancy your spiritual house may look. If it falls in the presence of trials, your house is built on sand. Amen. Amen. There's too many of us. We demand to be seen and heard and accommodated. We look good. Our house looks good. We got the goods. We can prophesy. We can cast out devils. We can do wondrous things. But will you stay put and grow through trials? Let me tell you something about the floods. The only way you're going to grow grow in the midst of a flood is you got to go through a flood. The only way you're going to grow through struggles is you got to be there going through the struggles. You know what makes your family strong? Not when you call it quits and get a divorce and go your separate ways. It's when you're having a knockdown, drag out, brother, and you stick it out and you iron those things out and you learn how to forgive. Learn how to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It was my fault. And work through those things. Amen. uh, Are you getting anything out of this? The same thing is true in the spirit. God can only build a firm foundation. And that firm foundation comes from ordinary day in, day out trials. He said, I don't know you. The problem is you look good. Your house looks good, but I don't know you. I haven't gone through these things and spent quality time with you. Jeannie and I go to the family reunion every August, right? Every August for 21 years. Going on 24. Going on 24 years now. We go there every year. Love to visit with the family. This is a special time. But honestly, I don't really know those people. I see them one day for several hours every year. And it's special. It's special. But I'll hear them talking about they got together and worked on this and they went fishing together and they did all this. These people know each other because they spend time with each other. They do the ordinary important things. I only do the special things. And that's what Jesus is talking about, church. Are you getting this? It's not just the special things. It's the ordinary things that are extraordinary. What we do here at CVAG, week after week, it may seem ordinary. Just necessary things, but not special. Now, we do desire to see the sensational things. I do, brother. I still pray for the Spirit of God to be poured out here. Man, that's icing on the cake. I love it. Man, I love it when the Holy Spirit shows up. Man, it makes my job easy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go. Praise God, man. Last Sunday, I'm standing there. I'm like, not that praying for people is hard. I mean, I love to pray for people, but some people came up. There was somebody standing over here, and I went over and prayed for them. And, man, I'm trying to get into this, and they said, there was nothing. I'm nothing. I'm like, well, okay. And I was having a Holy Ghost throwdown over there. I'm like, praise God. And over here, and then here comes charity and says, pray for people that's having anxiety attacks and fibromyalgia. And I'm like, here, the anointing's on you, honey, you announce it. You're praying for them now. You need to know that. (laughs) They come in. I mean, it was just Holy Ghost filled. And and then here comes Alex says, we need to pray for people that's in a relationship that's not bringing glory to God. I'm like, here, but stick around. You're praying for them. (laughs) I had no anointing to do any of that. Why? Because the Holy Ghost showed up. I don't have to do it all. That's right. See, part of the problem is if I didn't have a foundation, I'm like, "All right, bless God, get him up here. I'll pray for him." Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, we saw that in Lakeland a couple years ago. The glory of God was moving there, but it all was about the man on the platform. Didn't matter what God had already done; he had to finish it by kicking him in the stomach or praying for him or doing some ridiculous thing. I'm like, good Lord of mercy, fellow. Please. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't need to know it's not even worth the time. God knows. Getting up and going to work every day may not seem special. But it is special because it is what builds your life. Going through the ordinary things. You know, we, we come to church sometimes and it looks like, well, we do the same thing every week. And, and, and we, maybe we do. And it may not seem special. Church, I want you to know it's special to me. I can walk in here and it's like everything that I've gone through during the week, it's just like a breath of fresh air for me. Yeah. No matter how routine it may seem, it's special for me. <clears throat> but the real thing that builds our life is the things I'm talking about. It's when... Somebody, you know, I was talking to Brother Mike and I was talking this week about appreciation. Sometimes we don't feel appreciated, you know, and people that don't feel appreciated sometimes get offended, you know, because I, they didn't show appreciation. I can't serve where I'm not appreciated. You know, and that statement is not biblical at all. Are you hearing me? That's not a biblical statement. I can't serve where I'm not appreciated. Thank God Paul didn't think like that. Yeah. He was beaten and shipwrecked and thrown in prison and everything else. He's like, well, I'm not appreciated. I'm not doing this anymore. We wouldn't have a Bible. That that is not biblical. We are to lay our life down as a living sacrifice. There's nothing appreciated about sacrifice. I said, can I tell you about appreciation? Brother, if I only served because I was appreciated, I would have quit a long time ago. Because people get mad at me over the slightest little thing, it seems like. Right? That's what builds your foundation. That's okay. Get offended at me. But don't get I mean, let's work it out. Yeah. Right? That's what builds our foundation is what it's like. Right. You said something made me mad, Pastor. You you didn't do this or you did that and it made me mad. I'm like, all right, what? Well, I probably did. I'm sorry, I'm a donkey. All right, but forgive me. Let's do something, let's work it out. Don't just If you do, let me tell you, I'm not making fun of you. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not making fun of you. I'm trying to help you. If you do that, there's no foundation. Your house fell because it's built on sand. It may look good. You might prophesy, cast out devils and all these wondrous things. It looks good, but there's no foundation. There's no foundation. Working through the storms will only come if you're in a storm. And when we come and we get all up in each other's lives, we create some storms, folks. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do, boy. The only way you're going to learn how to overcome struggles is you got to be in a struggle. That don't happen when you're under the spout where the glory falls out Now, We love that, but that's not where we meet our struggles and learn how to overcome those things. You don't learn how to overcome conflict until you're in a conflict. I mean, this is not brain science. Amen. You learn how to do good to those who do evil against you. Guess what? Somebody's got to do evil against you. For you to learn that. You don't render evil for evil. Somebody's got to do evil. You learn how to forgive when somebody's done you wrong. You esteem others higher than yourself when they're, when you really, you have an opportunity to be envious and jealous of them. But instead, you glory in their success. See, that's how we learn those things. Through the everyday, ordinary showing up for church week after week after month after month. That's where they're found. Amen? Amen. Now, unless the Holy Ghost, Ghost has got something else, I'm done. All right, because I, I told you what I believe the Lord gave me to tell you this morning. And I hope you receive that with a heart of love and compassion that I intended. All right. Because what I'm telling you is to to try to help you. All right. Because I've seen this most all my life. And it breaks God's heart. Jesus wants to know you. And the way he knows you is spending time with you through those kinds of things. Amen. I'm done. Praise God. Do you love me? You better bless God. You don't have a choice. I love you back. All right, stand to your feet, if you would, please. I like what that one pastor, he says, I love you. And there's not a thing you can do about it. Amen. It's good to see your faces this morning, church. Praise God. Jesus, we thank you that we could have this time to come together, Lord. And to learn, Father, Th- these are things that I'm learning and have to learn. And God, I don't always pass this test, Lord. There's been times that I, I, my house just fell, God, because it just got all shaken up and beaten. And I, man, I had so much sand under my feet, I didn't know how to stand. But Lord, I, I think You've taught me some. And God, that there's been many times over the fifth, past 15 years, I've wanted to quit and just walk away, but that sandy foundation lord and that we don't we don't build our house on that god we learn how to stay and work through those things and sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say i was wrong i'm sorry i messed up please forgive me and and sometimes we're not wrong lord and somebody else has to come and say well pastor i'm sorry i I was wrong and and i forgive them lord it it all works out in the end god if we would just learn from these lessons god that you wanted to teach us and I pray that we do, God, because we want to build a beautiful house here, God. A beautiful edifice, God. I'm not talking about a natural building, but a spiritual building. Lord, I would love for people to come into this fellowship and see a genuine, true Christian family. Thank you. Think about families, God. We know that they squabble and they have difficult times, Lord, but they love each other. God, and they work through those things. And we pray, God, that you're going to do that and continue to do that here. So, Lord... I just leave this word with the hearers. I pray God this morning that we will each take it to heart. Father, we will see the importance of focusing not just on the special, but Lord, even the ordinary things. God, we don't want to be like that employee that's taking advantage of his employer by working and taking a paycheck. But all he ever thinks about is vacation. All he ever talks about is vacation. Lord, we don't want to just look at the special meeting over there and the special meeting over there and not really focus on what we're supposed to be learning right here, right now. Help us to learn these things, God. To forgive each other, love each other, see the value in each other, the uniqueness in each other. That every gift is special. There are none small. There are none big. They are all special. Every calling is special. And so, Lord, I just leave this with your people. God, may we all grow from it now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I bless each home here this morning. God, I pray that you make it a refuge, Father, a place that is honored, uh, that honors the presence of the Holy Spirit, God. An escape from the world, a place where you are welcome. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. Central Virginia Assembly of God is located on 5052 Cross County Road, Mineral Virginia, 23117. If you would like more information about the church, visit us at centralvag.org or call 804-514-2413. We would love to hear from you. God bless.